Yesterday, we looked at some of the worst case scenarios for the Chicago Bears in this year's NFL draft. Today, let's flip the script and go through what would happen if things go really well and everything falls into Ryan Poles' hands. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And on the show today, I want to get into the other side of the coin, the, the good, the best case scenario within realistic reason, right? Obviously, we want, to, we want to try and go through scenarios that are at least plausible, but get a sense of, okay, we saw how bad things could be on yesterday's podcast. Let's get into how good things could be, particularly some things within the Bears control, some things a little bit less within the Chicago Bears control, and how those different factors around them might give us a full range of outcomes of the very best to the very worst, and then we kind of can figure out where somewhere might be in between that might be a little bit more closer to reality based on what we talked about yesterday and what we talked about today. A lot of that will have to do with who comes off of the board before the Chicago Bears are on the clock with the ninth overall pick. Some of it will have to do with what teams want to do after the Chicago Bears are on the clock with the ninth overall pick. And we're not going to forget about the second round either. We'll look at how that might trickle down by what happens at the top of the draft, ultimately impacting what happens later on and, and the Bears' other early picks in this year's draft. One of the things we talked about yesterday was this idea that, well, what if all of the quarterback smoke and hype kind of fades out? And we've heard teams be down on, you know, CJ Stroud potentially and, and Will Levis and maybe Anthony Richardson is just a combine guy, but not somebody the teams are actually confident in. And, and what if these quarterbacks don't generate the same interest for other teams not named the Chicago Bears. And then that could be that could make the, dif the situation difficult for Ryan Poles to still get the best non-quarterback that he can in this draft. I think the inverse of that could be a potential best-case scenario for the Bears in a few different ways. Like, what if four quarterbacks, maybe even five quarterbacks, come off the board before the Bears pick? I don't think five is going to be realistic at this stage. The fifth one being Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. He's getting a lot of first-round buzz potentially even like mid first round buzz, but to have five quarterbacks go within the top nine would be absolutely unheard of. Even four seems like quite a lot. I mean, we don't typically see four quarterbacks go that early. Even when you think back to Justin Fields' draft, right? In 2021, he was the fourth quarterback off of the board, but he didn't go until 11. Quarterbacks went one, two, three, and then there was a pretty big drop-off. He went at 11, and then Mac Jones was the fifth quarterback taken at 15. To me, that's probably what feels realistic here. Not that it's going to necessarily be one, two, three, but we'll go three quarterbacks, go top 10. One goes in the early teens. The, other one, the fifth one goes like mid to late first round. That's what it feels like to me. But if four quarterbacks go in the top nine in the draft before the Bears pick, probably not five, but even if it's but, but four even, then that leaves only four other non-quarterbacks that are going to come off the board 
before the Chicago Bears pick with the ninth overall pick. We certainly expect one of them to be Will Anderson, although there is some rumors that teams like Tyree Wilson, the, the Texas Tech edge rusher, more than Will Anderson. Do I think that it's realistic for Anderson to fall all the way to nine? Probably not, but you never know. That that certainly would be a best case scenario in here, that either Will Anderson or, I think, the Texas Tech edge rusher Tyree Wilson falls all the way down to the Bears with the ninth overall pick. I think both of those players would be well, well worth what the Chicago Bears can get at that spot and, and be you know the true top 10 caliber edge rusher. Wilson has injury concerns, medicals in the background that could make him fall. That if, if I mean, if they're enough to make him fall, then, and we don't have that information on the outside, that I'd be a little bit concerned then about, you know, if he's falling all the way to nine because of medicals, do I want to be the team that takes the medical risk on him? I, I don't know. I think on, on, on film, 100% medical risk, I can't speak to on the outside being not a doctor and not having any sort of clue exactly what the medical situation might be like there. But presumably, if it's four quarterbacks and then say it's Will Anderson, it's Tyree Wilson, it's probably Jalen Carter at that point, and then only one other player is going to come off the board, then Devon Weatherspoon or Christian Gonzalez or, you know, maybe, I don't, I don't know, maybe one of the tackles, maybe B. John Robinson, but like, that's it. And then if you're Ryan Poles, you're sitting there at the ninth overall pick thinking, oh man, now I've got my choice of all the offensive tackles, my choice of Jackson Smith and Jigba or any of the wide receivers, my choice of at least one of, if not both of the cornerbacks available there, and my choice of all of the second tier defensive linemen. You know, if you take Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson off the board, my choice of all the other edge rushers and defensive tackles, Lucas Van Ness, Miles Murphy, Nolan Smith, Kalijah Kansi. I mean, a bunch of guys that you're going to see a wide variety of opinions and, and ranges on, but all guys that would be open to the Bears to be able to have full reign of any of the players that they might want to select to keep building around Justin Fields. The more quarterbacks that can come off of the board before they do, before the Bears are on the clock, the more better position players will then remain on the board when the Bears go on the clock with the ninth overall pick. And if somehow, some way, that could be Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson making it down to nine, that to me feels like the best case scenario. I would take either of those players over everyone else, over Carter, over JSN, over any of the offensive tackles, because I think they're the type of edge rushers that can be that true difference maker at the position that I'm not quite as sold on right away with guys like Van Ness or Nolan Smith or, or um, the Clement kid Murphy, like they're good, but not like that good as those guys. And so that, that, that to me would represent a best case scenario that those two specifically might be a little bit unrealistic, but draft day, I mean, we never know what's going to happen. I mean, Jalen Carter could very well be there at nine as well as many bears fans, I think are hoping for. So it's easy to see where the quarterbacks will control a lot of the bears future in this draft. That includes to me, the, the other, I think, alternative best case scenario that honestly might even be preferable to four quarterbacks going before them is at least one, if not more than one of the top four quarterbacks being on the board with a ninth pick, but teams still really wanting and craving them, having that desire to move up to get one of these quarterbacks. To me, one of the other best case scenarios here is it, other teams being desperate for the quarterback position and moving up to nine. We'll look at what that might look like and how that might be best case scenario next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now 
Locked On Bears listeners are going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 for all new customers coming over to FanDuel. You just got to go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up, place your first bet, and then get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets, even if your bet doesn't win. It's essentially a, like I said, it's a no-sweat first bet. It's a no-lose. You either win and win your bet and get money for it, or you lose and, hey, don't worry. FanDuel's got you covered with a no-sweat first bet. Right now, you can bet on all sorts of different NFL draft props with FanDuel, including who's going to be the number nine overall pick. And right now, as I'm looking at it at FanDuel, your favorite is Darnell Wright, the Tennessee tackle, followed by Jalen Carter and Peter Skaronsky and Paris Johnson, all very tightly in the odds. Long shots are B. John Robinson and Broderick Jones, but you can bet on what position you think the Bears should take, what position, what position you think the Bears will take, and where all sorts of prospects will be taken in this year's draft all with our friends at FanDuel on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball. Trading down from nine and actually getting a really good haul of, oops, and actually getting a really good haul of picks in return for that ninth overall pick might be the ideal situation given where this draft board falls, like the true best case scenario. Yeah, it would be good if, you know, you stay at nine and quarterbacks go and you have your, your pick of the litter, but like you still have a pick of the litter and you still feel like, okay, well, if I like eight guys there, seven or however many guys you might like with the ninth pick, ideally then you trade down, get more draft capital f- to be able to still take one of those same guys that you liked enough to take with the ninth overall pick. And the way that happens we talked a little bit about why teams might want to trade up on an earlier episode of the Locked On Bears podcast. Well, if you want to hear more depth on that, go back and take a look. It was called something like why why other teams may want to trade up with the Chicago Bears for the ninth overall pick. But there, there's we went through three reasons. One, it's the quarterbacks, like we talked about. You know, Anthony Richardson falls to nine. C.J. Stroud somehow falls to nine. Or maybe it's maybe Will Levis is enough. But some team wants one of the quarterbacks that makes it all the way to nine, and they want to trade up to get past the Tennessee Titans at eleven. Perhaps the New York Jets, who are now, well, the Jets got Aaron Rodgers officially now, so they're not going to trade up for a quarterback. But the Washington Commanders at 16, the Detroit Lions at 18, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at, at 19, maybe even the Ravens, depending on the Lamar Jackson situation, or the, or the Vikings at 23. You know, if a team wants to get up into the top 10 to make sure that they get their quarterback, nine is the place, is one of the places, not the only place, but one of the places to get ahead of some of these quarterback needy teams. We've also heard rumors about teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers and others potentially be interested in trading up to try and get someone like Jalen Carter. A lot of Bears fans have been mocking, you know, in mock drafts, trades with the Steelers to get another second round pick back or maybe some other draft capital as a result. I also think if one of the two cornerbacks, Devon Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez, is there and some team particularly covets that position and feels like those two guys are a step above the rest of the cornerback class, I could see that being a scenario where teams want to move up to the ninth overall pick as well. But really, the ideal the ideal move for, I think, a lot of Bears fans is trade down with the Steelers at 17. You go from nine down to 17, and the, the, the trade that Bears fans are throwing out is you get back the second round pick that you traded them in the Chase Claypool trade, 32nd overall. Basically feels like a second first round pick, but technically with the Dolphins forfeited draft pick, it is the first pick of the second round. But you move down to 17, you add your third second round pick and presumably at 17 or wherever you trade down in your own best case scenario trade package, one of the offensive tackles 
or one of the pass rushers that you wanted with the ninth overall pick is still on the board there at 17. To me, that feels like the best case scenario. And Pittsburgh, that specific deal with Pittsburgh feels like the best case scenario trade partner because they're the only team that has that early second round pick, a high enough pick or at least higher than any other team can offer. Other teams have multiple second round picks, but that Steelers pick that used to be the Bears pick is literally the first pick in the second round. No one has the first round cap. No one has too late first round picks to move up. They have the earliest second round pick to be able to move up from 17. And that would give the Bears the best draft capital return on investment that they could get from moving down in this draft. Other teams could offer, I mean, it's kind of a give and take. Would you rather have 32 in this year's draft or you trade down, say, to the Buccaneers at 19 and you get a future first round pick instead, right? Would you rather trade down and get a second round this year or trade down and get another future first round pick next year? I, I could see either way. I could, I'm open to arguments in both directions. And I, and I don't find myself necessarily feeling like one is clearly, clearly a better option than the other. I think it also depends then on what team, you know, I think if I got a future first round pick from the Buccaneers, I think they're probably going to be bad next year. And that future first round pick may end up being really, really valuable. Whereas if it's a future first round pick from the Minnesota Vikings, they're probably going to be a playoff team. And that future first round pick is significantly then less valuable than say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or even the Pittsburgh Steelers in that regard. So like that's, that's where the, 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 the math becomes tricky on which draft pick trade becomes the best possible case scenario. But to me, it's, it's a two part thing. It's one trading down and getting a lot of draft capital because the team that wants to trade up is so desperate to do so. Like, I don't think in real life, the Steelers are going to give up that 32nd overall pick to move from 17 to nine. Historically, teams that have made a similar trade up have not given up that high of a draft capital in order to do so. So it would require the team to be desperate to move up, which is very real possibility, but feels more like for a team that wants a quarterback. Teams get the most desperate and give up the most to move up for a quarterback. They're not usually as desperate to move up for a position player because it's just not as valuable of a position player. But best case scenario, the Steelers are desperate and want to go get Jalen Carter or whoever they're moving up for, and you grab that 32nd overall pick. And then the best case scenario is Darnell Wright makes it to 17. Paris Johnson, maybe, probably not, but Paris Johnson maybe makes it to 17. Peter Skaronsky maybe makes it to 17, probably not. But I think at 17, you have the choice of, you know, Darnell Wright or Broderick Jones from Georgia would both be fine picks there. Maybe Lucas Van Ness from Iowa still on the board. Miles Murphy from Clemson. Kalaja Canty from Pittsburgh. Like you, you get to 17 and all the guys you still wanted at nine and were considering at nine are still on the board. And yet you move down eight spots and added significant additional draft capital to take another good player at a position of need with the 32nd overall pick, kind of undo the Chase Claypool trade a little bit and kind of wipe your hands a little more clean of that one. Like that, that feels really good for Chicago Bears fans to get that sort of squared away and add the draft capital in that case and to set yourself up to set yourself up with an even better and more fun second round. Even if they don't make the trade down from nine, there are still some best case scenarios for that second round. And in particular, we'll look at the way that we could be a lot happier about their options at the 53rd, 61st, and 64th overall picks next on Locked On Bears. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online therapy. They put you in connection with a therapist virtually so you can meet and work on your mental health. It's not about being in a crisis and things falling apart, but it's just about being your best self and staying at the top of your game and living your happiest, most fulfilled life. I do online therapy every single week. 
weekly, once a week. It's part of my mental health regimen. I always say it's in the same way that I go to the gym to try and take care of my body. It's not because my body is broken, but it's just because I want to take care of it and have it be as healthy as possible. That's the same reason I go to therapy, not because my brain is broken and needs to be fixed, but because it's imperfect and I want to be my best, happiest self. If you're thinking about starting therapy, BetterHelp is a great way to give it a try because it's entirely online. It's convenient. It's flexible and suited to your schedule. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. The Bears have an opportunity in the second round to still get a high impact player at a position of need that you feel like could be a starter or at least a heavy level rotational player. The problem is when you hear and when you read draft analysts and hear draft pundits and and sort of look through and do the scouting of your own, certainly it feels like, especially at the main positions, the bears want to address, you're not going to, they're not projecting a lot of those players to be there still at 53. There's a lot of like, young and exciting players with some high upside in this range that we sort of feel like the draft buzz, the the, the draft stock, if you will, rose, particularly on the defensive line. That That's where I am most interested here from a best case scenario standpoint. That There were a number of defensive linemen that it feels like when we started the draft process, like when the college football season just first ended and we're still starting to go through the tape and we don't have combine numbers or senior bowl practices or anything like that, there was a group of like edge rushers and defensive tackles that were squarely in the like mid second to third round range uh, across the spectrum here, some higher, some lower. And throughout the process, we saw guys play really well at the senior bowl. We saw guys test really well at the combine. We saw guys have really strong pro days. More and more draft analysts watched more and more of their tape and stopped relying on old scouting reports that were outdated because there's some dirty little secrets of the scouting industry around here. But regardless, we saw guys move up and up and up to become like borderline first first slash second round players, or at least firmly early second round players to where we no longer feel like they're going to be on the board or even anywhere close to the Bears when they're on the clock with the 53rd overall pick. In particular, some defensive linemen stand out for me. BJ Ojolari from LSU. We included him on a, on a previous podcast about trying to build our, our best Bears mock draft. I think he's he still has a good chance to be there at 53, but... I see him get as some early, early second round buzz, but best case scenario here is that these defensive linemen start to fall to the Bears and are there at 53 to really give them some different opportunities. What about Phoenix Anduke Uzoma from Kansas State? Did I say Phoenix? Felix. Felix and, and Anudike Uzoma from Kansas State. Really exciting, powerful edge rusher that boy, starts to get, it feels like I've seen people say first round hype. Like he's, he's somebody that people are really in love with and kind of has come, I don't want to say come out of nowhere, but it's been a little bit of a meteor meteoric rise for him that feels like, well, maybe he could still fall. And maybe we think maybe, you know, the, the narrative on the outside is this, but the league might feel differently as things go. Or Will McDonald from Iowa State looks looking like a first round pick. Chiefs fans are all over him as a potential late first round guy. But I don't feel like this process started with him in the first round. It started with him in the mid to early second round. So maybe maybe he was never going to be there at 53, but he used to be a lot closer. And then I'll, th- I'll throw Keon White from Georgia Tech, like third round guy who's getting first round hype and building up. And I, I love Keon White and would love to see him as a Chicago Bear. But, you know, you don't know that any of those guys are, are going to be there. But best case scenario, this hype, this narrative, this energy, this this rising draft stock is 
a media inflation and not reflective of how NFL teams ultimately end up feeling about them. And you get one or two or three or four of these edge rushers to fall all the way down to the Bears at 53 and maybe 61. And you're not just trying to pick up the scraps of like, yeah, Isaiah Foskey or Derek Hall or some of the other guys we've talked about as late second round guys that are, I think are a little bit of a step below those four guys we just talked about as edge rushers. And same thing with some of the interior defensive linemen. The like Adebuare from Northwestern, the, he plays some edge, he plays some three technique, he kind of has the versatility there. Killed it at the combine. I, I played really well at the Senior Bowl. Like he's getting some first round hype, but it's kind of a wide range of him. He could fall to the Bears at 53. Uh, Mozzie Smith from Michigan. Some people have him as a first round guy. I wonder again how true. Like all all of these guys can't all go early, right? Like there's no way that we just have this massive run of like six defensive linemen all at the beginning of the second round. I mean, maybe, but it does feel like somebody's got to fall, right? Like we're not, not just every team is not just going to take an edge rusher there. Other teams are going to have other positions they want and need to address with those picks. And it feels like somebody should fall out of the defensive line, right? Like you should have an opportunity to pick one of these guys and fill that need because like comparatively, we've kind of talked about it throughout this process at the ninth overall pick. We don't necessarily love our options on the defensive line there. Guys like, Nolan Smith, Lucas Van Ness, Miles Murphy, Brian Brissy, Kalijah Kansi, all first round caliber guys, but none of them are like, yeah, got to take him with the ninth overall pick. He's so good. He's a top 10 player in this draft. We always, we talked about earlier, it, it's Anderson and, and Tyree Wilson, and then there's a gap, and then there's the rest of the defensive line. So you can trade down and get to them, but if you stay at nine, there's not really a defensive lineman that you absolutely love with the ninth overall pick, Jalen Carter, Anderson, and Wilson aside. And so assuming those guys are gone, you're probably not going to end up going defensive line with the ninth pick. So then you got to hope that some good ones last for you in the second round or trade up to go get them. And so feels like a great second round case, a, a great case scenario, like best case scenario, second round, some of these top edge rushers start to fall and get closer to, or if not directly into that bears draft range, you'd like for offensive tackles to be there as well in case you don't end up taking one in the first round. But we, we sort of already reasonably expect, like it's not a stretch to feel like Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse might fall all the way down there. Maybe Dewan Jones, you could hope falls down there. And I like Dewan Jones a lot. I'm not sure if he's exactly the mold of offensive tackle that Ryan Poles is heavily pursuing, but right, it's not like there's this, this glut of early second round tackles, right? It feels like they're mostly kind of in the end of the first round expected to go. And you'd be surprised if any of them make it to the second round. So there's no chance that they make it all the way down to 53, like Anton Harrison from Oklahoma. I don't know if there's a realistic chance that he makes it to 53. He might not get taken in the first round, probably not going to make it all the way down to 53. So there's less of like a best case scenario, like Broderick Jones or Darnell Wright is not going to fall to 53. That's just not realistic in any way, shape or form, but it is plausible that some of these good defensive linemen, edge rushers and, and nose tackles or, or and three techniques could make it down there in a potential best case scenario. And we talked about some of the guys today, throw Keanu Benton from Wisconsin in there as well of some of these guys potentially being able to make it and give you a really good player at a really good position of need, right? The best case scenarios across the board for the bears are going to be best player available on your draft board aligns with biggest needs on your roster, right? You want to fill the needs, but you don't want to reach. You want to take best player available, but you don't want to ignore your needs. So when best player available can also be at a position of need, like these defensive linemen falling to the second round, that's when you can have best case scenario for your Chicago bears in the NFL draft. I would love to hear, what your personal best case scenario is for your Chicago Bears. Leave a comment on the YouTube video here on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel for this episode of the podcast. You can tweet us at Locked On Bears, and you can post in the Locked On Bears Facebook group. We were talking about some other worst case scenarios in there yesterday after the worst case scenario podcast. 
Let's get the best case scenario conversation going there as well. However you do it, just make sure that you're subscribed to Locked On Bears wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel. Those are going to be the best ways to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. Please make Locked On Bears your first listen every day. We love our everydayers who are tuning in to get your Chicago Bears fix every day. And right now, your Chicago Bears draft fix. Notice I was very intentional today. that I did not want to do an Aaron Rodgers podcast about him leaving the Packers and us saying goodbye because we are all tired of talking about and hearing about Aaron Rodgers. We've been tired of it for a decade and a half. And so I intentionally did not do an Aaron Rodgers podcast because I care about you that much. So you're welcome. <laughs> we're not going to it at this stage. I don't, I don't think coming back tomorrow, we're going to talk about some of the biggest questions the Chicago bears need to answer in this year's NFL draft with their picks, with their trades, with whatever they're going to end up doing. That's going to be coming up. I think for sure tomorrow on the lockdown bears podcast. So make sure, make sure you come on back and make us your first listen again tomorrow. And of course you got to come back for your next opportunity to bear down. <laughs>